Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Our guest this morning is Darby Lee Young. She was born with mild cerebral palsy and has been able to leverage her unique life experience with her professional life as an accessibility consultant to companies doing new builds or looking to renovate. Darby has served as an accessibility advisor and representative for the City of Calgary and was a member of the Premier's Council on the Status of Persons with Disabilities. Her political experience and competitive career as a para-alpine skier have given her an impactful perspective when approaching projects. Darby joins us this morning to help us bring more awareness to the topic of accessibility. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see everybody. Nice to see you. Good morning, Darby. Good morning, Tara. Morning. Um, we have to start with something completely different than accessibility. <laughs> sure. We have to start with Darby shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 100%. So I want to understand where this idea came from and the uh, partnership you had with the John uh, Fluvug. Yes. And tell us about the Darby shoes, the colors, <laughs> and the whole idea behind it. Well, the, the John Fluvogs, um, which are called the Darby, um, ran during COVID and we came out in six colors and they originally came from, because of my cerebral palsy, um, I do try to walk um, and when I do walk, I walk with character. And so my mom always told me that um, if people are going to stare, you might as well look good. <laughs> so I had purchased a pair of flu because a bunch of my other friends have them. And I wore the one pair out that I really loved. And I went back to the store because they have a cobbler and said, hey, how do we make this work? Because the toe is now gone from me dragging them. And they're like, oh, I don't think we can fix those. But let us talk to Vancouver, where headquarters is, and we'll come back to you. And the next thing you know, they came back and said, well, we can't fix those, but how about we make the Darby instead? <laughs> and I went, what? What a so, great response. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a fabulous response. It was super cool. And yes, yeah, so we ended up uh, coming out with like a teal color to start with. And then we came out with blue, what I called accessible blue. And then a pinky red, uh, which I called Team Canada Red from all my hockey and skiing and mm -hmm. tennis. And then there's a flowered sort of pinkish with a bit of yellow tinge to it. And then there's two black pairs, a checkered pair, and then just a solid black with some white to make it sort of look like tuxedo. Do you know if they have a size 16? Because that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have men's sizes for sure. Um, they're they're worth checking out. They're actually super soft and really easy to wear, even though they've got some crazy heels. Uh, people love them, and, and the longevity of the shoes last, which yeah. is super cool. Well, I need some high heels as well. Right? Yeah, you need some height, yeah, yeah. for sure. So you, you mentioned your mom earlier. Sounds like an amazing human. So how did your upbringing with your parents impact the way that you live your life and your success? Oh, I think it's, it's a huge component. Um, I've been very lucky to have both parents who are heavily involved in the city uh, in different ways and just being brought up to the point where I've been able to make myself myself. So mm -hmm. be as independent as I possibly can. But they taught me right and wrong, as always, um, but helped me push the envelope to show people that just because I have cerebral palsy 
doesn't mean that I'm going to be in a special school or not be able to be an athlete or stuff like that or not volunteer. No, I, I was heavily involved in skiing. I was heavily involved in the community, and I've continued to stay that way. And do you see the community accepting people? Slowly. We've definitely built um, a better community around it, um, and there's definitely way more funding Uh, than there ever was when I was growing up. Um, even my ski career was funded by my parents and some of our friends, where now we've got the big sponsors that are backing mm-hmm. um, events and stuff like that. So it's, it's coming more and more to the norm, but we still have a very long way to go. I, my kids grew up in the Springbank uh, school system, and they all had kids who had disabilities in their classrooms, and they found it to be quite a learning, and I found it to be a real learning in terms of acceptance and also just empathy building, and just, I loved the life skills that they developed from having all different abilities in one classroom. It's a huge component, because... I think, and when we look at also the American side, the American side does that, mm. and it's way different when we're down in the states because people don't stare um they're way more accepting than we are up here in Canada, and mm. we are starting to go that way where there's more integrated classrooms. I myself was a private school kid, um so I was one of the few that were in the school, so it was a little different and and the school ride was not fun um mm. back then. But at the same time, I still have two of my best friends are from junior high and elementary today that I, that I talk with that because they were around that situation, exactly what you said, they've earned the empathy and they've learned and, and stuff like that. And I think more and more times when we can have families and, and parents and people around the situation, especially as younger kids, as they develop, they're a lot more open to. To what what life can bring mm-hmm. so as a society today we integrate uh, people more than before I would say we're starting to um, but we still like anything even our built environment like we were talking about parking here today for me to come here um, we've still got a long way to go but we're starting in the right direction of being a little more inclusive what will be your, your topic kind of world? If, if you had to make that decision like if I like my ideal world would be the fact that I could just jump in a car come over park no problem don't have to worry about getting run over by a car because I have to use my scooter you know being able to use my scooter get in the building you know the doors automatically open I don't have to do a push button you know stuff like that where you know it's warm and welcoming and it's the least amount of effort that That's required because every time I have to go do something, the amount of energy that I have to take versus you as an able-bodied individual is twice as much. Mm-hmm. So it's the seamless, less energy so that there's more energy to have this conversation or to go to a hockey game. Or, it seems or, you have a good energy to have this conversation, <laughs> even though you had problems parking. <laughs> I, I'm, an, I, I'm an active, fun person who tries to stay engaged. And it's, it's really hard to take me down, though by the end of bedtime, <laughs> I can get a little grouchy. 
Well, that's kind of of a human thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, to your point earlier, I mean, if you start to build some of these, um, some awareness at the classroom stage, I mean, those are the people who grow up to run the companies and be the city planners. And uh, if they have that empathy and awareness, then they build differently, right? For accessibility. That's that's a key component. Yeah, 100%. If we can get more children around the situations and understanding, then yeah, as they grow up, they'll see the world differently for sure. Is there a barrier today? Is the education system uh, creating a barrier to accept you know, people with, that has some uh, disability issues? I would say there's probably a little bit, but I think it's also partly also on the parents of not knowing what to do and not reaching out to proper resources and figuring out the situations there as well. So I think the more and more we talk about it, the more and more people will understand that there's resources and supports and ways of doing it. But it's also trying to show that it doesn't necessarily cost extra money to have somebody like myself in the classroom. Um, you know, there might be certain situations where, where there would need to be an aid, but we've also mm-hmm. got teacher aids right now. So it's a matter of widening that of how they hire and what that sort of looks like. Mm-hmm. We are with Darby Lee Young, the founder and principal accessibility strategist with Level Playing Field. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to really dig into how you help companies understand accessibility after the break. Um, I also just want to mention our sponsor. Our sponsor is Calgary, Calgary Economic Development. So they sponsor Calgary Next and keep us on the air. We'll be right back. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We are back with Darby Lee Young, founder and principal accessibility strategist at Level Playing Field. So when are you getting involved in uh, a new project? Because I looked at your website and you're involved in some huge project, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the BMO expansion yes. and, and others, uh, Arts Commons, for example. Correct. And they're going now through a big, big, big plan, mm-hmm. uh, which will be interesting to see not just or from your perspective, from everybody's perspective, when are you getting involved in, in consulting them and are you staying through the whole process? Yeah, so I guess the, the biggest question is, is like when, but when would we like to be involved, let alone when are we involved? So You can answer both. <laughs> you can answer both. Yeah, because those, those are kind of a two-part thing where a lot of the times, like for us, BMO expansion and the Arts Commons transformation, uh, that we have going on right now, both of those we've been lucky, lucky enough to be involved from the RFP stage, which is where the architects uh, bid to win the project, and then we've been able to follow the project all the way through. So we're involved at all different stages, from schematic or concept design all the way through to construction. Our BMO expansion, which is super exciting for us, of course, is opening in June. Um, we have been part of that process since 2019, 2019, and all the way through where we've done site visits all the way along. We've been part of design reviews. 
we've been part of like communication and presentations and stakeholder engagement scenarios so with well, everybody. So if I'm a developer yeah. and I'm in the real estate world and, and I go to city to get a DP, they will uh, send me to meet you or recommend or no. they don't care. They just look at the plans I kind of present to them and they go, oh, yeah, no, you need this, you need that. How, how do you how do we get you involved with more and more developers because that's a key to have you know what you were talking about before the commercial easy access yeah so if the RFP stage like if the city of Calgary puts out an RFP or Calgary Municipal Land Corporation they ask for an accessibility consultant so it sort of depends on the ownership of the project if they want an accessibility consultant or not and then that's how we get involved if the They're not asking for one. A lot of the times the architects or space owners will come to us in design development, which is way too late, which is why I, why I said there's a two-part. Um, because ideally it's better to have us even in the initial conversations because how we turn a building, how we get in the building, you know, where's the bus stops, like some of those higher-end questions that need to be thought of At the beginning immediately um, come at a cost because if you turn the building one way or turn the building the other way depends on slope and grade and so having that conversation early we can mitigate those issues where if we come in at design development at a hundred percent which is just prior to construction there might be things that we need to make changes to and I That's not cost effective for anybody, and it's a lot of work. It's change orders and stuff like that. I think the biggest thing is is that we've got to remember that we want to build these buildings to last thirty, forty years. Not to say the people within it might interchange a bit. Um, but if we can future proof by including accessibility early on in the project, then that way we might be able to prevent, having to make major changes within you know a five to ten year which are more costly but the biggest thing to remember is that even though we have a building code a national building code and an Alberta addition is that if you build just a code you're building to the floor not the ceiling and you're doing bare minimum. So you're talking when you talk about code is that the municipal provincial federal level in terms of the laws what you have to actually abide by yeah okay yes. and then so what you're saying is that's the minimum. basic that's minimum yeah that's minimum. the minimum and that's always been the biggest problem is people say oh I know all about accessibility it's mm-hmm. 3.8 in the National Building Code you know we're building to these standards well in all fact the Those standards are sort of like 30 years behind how we actually live mm. because building code changes every you know every five years or so four or five years but some of the changes we've been asking for are still back from 2010 and haven't been integrated why not like I couldn't f- from the government level I mean they just caught a cost effect like I, I would say as an as an ownership of You know people don't want to spend more money you know to make you know washrooms bigger because like for somebody like myself with the scooter to get around it's very tricky especially in washrooms because washrooms are not built for me they're built for a manual chair 
um, door widths. You know, how simple it could be to have a wider door width, but the cost to put in that door is more. So, of course, one of the first things when it goes cost savings, okay, let's make smaller doors. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it varies from project to project. BMO expansion and our project team um, have really strived to go above and beyond We've been very thankful in that project, and I am super excited for it to open in June because I think there's going to be elements within it that people will be surprised at but will also be thankful at. And it's a building that we can be happy about on Stampede Park and use for years to come. We're with Darby Lee Young, founder and principal accessibility strategist with Level Playing Field. So if somebody listening right now has a small business and they don't have a lot of money um, and they're not intentionally ignoring um, the people who need some more accessibility, but just haven't thought about it, didn't have the awareness. And now suddenly they're listening to this going, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about some of the things that maybe I could do. What are some small things that would have a big impact for a small business to be able to help somebody be more, for it to be more accessible. Take the bike line, bike lanes out <laughs> so they can park. Oh, he's going to, he's going to start this he's one. Start that yep. one. <laughs> yeah. That, well, depending on, and, and when they clear those versus when they clear sidewalks, that's a whole nother ball game. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we won't get into. Um, I think depending on the, depending on the situation, there are certain grants that the federal government Provides There's some grants, too, on the provincial side of things um, that people can do. I think they can take a holistic approach and look at their spaces and look at who, who they want in and who they don't. We always talk about the store in Toronto that had to step up. We asked if we could put a ramp. We didn't, but the story is that they asked if they could put a ramp up in front so that people with disabilities could come and shop. Mm-hmm. And he goes, whoa. Why nobody with disabilities shops here? Well, we can't get in. Right. That's why they don't. So, yeah. yeah. So I think there's, there's definitely different ways that um, people can make changes to and small changes um, that will benefit for everyone to make sure that everybody agrees and, and can enjoy the space and be part of that sort of engagement and, and purchase and Mm-hmm. involvement in community like a ramp is something that's easy to incorporate they curb. are and, yeah. and not, not, not in some of the old buildings well and and that's a problem too and it depends on who you can work with at the city to try and you know make that happen and stuff like that and where you can get money and and stuff because a lot of the stuff too can cost but in the long run you know you're you're opening your doors to making it more inclusive yeah, well, that's the big that's the big piece, right? I mean, isn't that uh, what everybody's trying to incorporate right now? There are a lot of ticks, tick the boxes exercises right now. There, there's definitely a lot of them, and, yeah. and you don't necessarily want to be a tick boxer no. because then you're an afterthought. Exactly. But I think one of the biggest things that I've always tried to push is we want to see people for people. Um, so we want to see people for people, not the disability first, but then also a reminder that just because, you know, it's such an inaccessible building that it's my choice to come to. Well, it's not my choice to have cerebral palsy. So, you know, how, how do we find ways around to making sure that people do feel 
included amongst all the barriers that we provide. Our guest this morning was Darby Lee Young, founder and principal accessibility strategist at Level Playing Field. And I think our goal is leveling the playing field for everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank for you, sure. Darby, for being our guest. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges.